Hey guys, welcome back to the show. So, fresh off of four wins and now qualified for semi-finals, I recently had the chance to speak to Luca Jukic, who told me about how failing to qualify for the Games last year was the best thing that ever happened to him. I hope you enjoy our chat. Welcome to the Europe is Coming podcast, taking you inside the minds of Europe's best CrossFit athletes and the people behind them. So welcome, Luca Dukic, to Europe is Coming. You are still the first sibling that I've had on the show. We have done this interview once before, but we didn't have such great internet the last time, so we're giving it another shot. How are you today? Uh, good, thank you. Uh, yeah, last time we, did, we weren't so lucky with the internet connection, but I think today is going to be a little bit better. Fingers crossed. So, Luca... You have been having a pretty good run of podium finishes and we've just got through quarterfinals. How are you feeling? Oh, good. It was a really hard few months. Starting, starting in January until quarterfinals, I had uh, four competitions in the Middle East. And then after that, the quarterfinals, of course. So yeah, after the quarterfinals, I definitely needed a little bit of a break and rest. So yeah, I went home back back home to Serbia for a few days, came back and started training yesterday and now the focus is semifinals. Did you go home to see your family? Yes, but it was just like uh four days. Go see your mum. <laughs> yeah, I had to go visit my family. I had some stuff to, to finish with my visa for the UAE and uh, stuff like that. So it was a quick, quick trip, and I had a lot of things to do in those few days. So not really a rest. Uh, I rested during those few days, and <laughs> I think it was enough. I just needed a quick break. Okay, you're very hard on yourself. You've been working very hard. If I was your coach, I'd give you <laughs> some more time off. So when you were back in Serbia, did you check out your garage gym that you're building with your brother? Yes, yes. We we finished the renovation that we were planning to do. Uh, the renovation started around January by the time I left. That time, Lazar was in France, so it was a perfect, uh, perfect moment to like renovate a little. We changed the flooring, uh, we put uh, like the AC on, and changed a little bit, uh, bought a little bit more equipment and stuff like that. But I didn't train. <laughs> I was uh, I was there to recover, so I just went inside, check everything. I was happy with how it looked. But yeah, I didn't have a chance to train, to be honest. But uh, the renovations are over. That's good. So tell me about your decision as to why you're in the UAE at the moment. Why, did, why are you there rather than in your new fancy garage gym? Uh, yeah, so first uh, thing was uh, I had, uh, I had to, uh, like, in the beginning, the plan was to do uh, competition. In the beginning of January, I had competition in Saudi Arabia the 5th, 7th of January. And then I had another competition in Kuwait like 25 days later. Then, because I also wanted to focus on training and competing, my, my plan was to stay in UAE because it's kind of between those two countries and the flights are pretty close so that I can do both of those competitions and that training wouldn't suffer too much. Because if I, like, if I stay 
in uh, in Serbia, it would be like five hours or six hours flight to Saudi Arabia and back. And then same for Kuwait. And I just thought that for the off season, that would be too much of losing time. So in the beginning, I decided to stay in uh, Abu Dhabi because of that, because it had uh, direct flights to both of my competitions. And then I just liked it here. I also started coaching a little bit. So that was one of also one of the decisions, uh, like one of the additions to my life, if I can say. So yeah, I just felt good in the like uh, change of uh, environment a little bit and the people I was around. So yeah, it was uh, facilities are amazing. So yeah, all of that when I when I when I added it up, I took a decision to stay here, stay here for the whole season. This is a really English question, but what's the weather like over there? Oh, it's really, really warm. Uh, now it's getting even, even uh, warmer and warmer by every day. In January, it was around 20, 26, 27 degrees daily. Now it's closer to 35. And as we, as we are getting uh, closer to summer, it's getting hotter and hotter. So I think in a few weeks, it'll be closer to 40s. Ooh. And that's a, that puts a different kind of strain on a guy from Serbia, I should imagine. Yes, exactly. And I also thought that since our semifinals are going to be in Berlin, I thought that if I can expose myself to a little bit harder conditions than in Europe, I think that would be beneficial for competing at the semifinals because when you have a chance to train in a heat like, like here, not many people can handle the heat. Like the heat here is because it's really, really uh, humid, not only that it's hot. So I think that it could beneficial my fitness also by staying here in that kind of uh, weather. Yeah, like training in a sauna. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So um, tell me a bit about quarterfinals. I know that you, you've, uh, you've got through to semis. So how were the actual workouts? I mean, especially considering you just won a competition the week before. How was it? I was competing in United Arab Emirates here. Uh, the competition was called UAE Storm Games. Mm. And to be honest, it was only four days before the quarterfinals. And I took decision mainly because, to be honest, because prize money was pretty good. I won't lie. And uh, the boys well, live. I mean, I won. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, to be honest, it definitely affected my quarterfinal performance because uh even though i won the competition it was definitely one of the hardest competitions that i done uh, that i did with it uh, the competition was outside it was eight workouts in two days every workout like all the workouts were pretty strained on the body and especially outside in the heat so after the competition i only like i took two days to recover just did like a quick primer and sweat session before quarterfinals and then once they announced the workout i was like oh my god i need to go again like to be honest i didn't feel like I was uh, full of excitement when the workouts were announced. I was more like, oh my God, like it's already quarterfinals time and I need to recover. So the goal for the weekend was to be honest, just to not make any big mistakes and uh, to not pay for competing the weekend before. The goal was more to try to hit every workout smoothly and once, which in the end <laughs> didn't pan out really like that because the camera turned off in no. the middle, like at the end of <laughs> <laughs> at the end of my event one, which was anyway supposed to be one of my worst finishes because of the handstand push-ups, which was like still work in progress for me, but I'm like, happy where it's going. But anyways, it turned at the end of the workout, so I didn't have a chance to film all the starters on day one. It was, uh, it was a, a bit more stressful weekend than I was uh, planning it to be. 
Yeah, I guess you can't, don't second guess Boz, for sure. He did, he certainly programmed some tough ones. Did you, did, was that, were all of the workouts hard for you or was it just the handstand push-up one that you found really difficult? To be honest, like, uh, as I was not feeling the, the really, like, of course, I was still carrying that soreness from the competition. I can't say that there was an easy workout. I really did uh, every event, all that I had at the moment. But every event, I was just kind of waiting for the weekend just to be done so that I can recover. Because I find, I find that uh, those four competitions that I did before quarterfinals definitely took toll on my body and, and mind, definitely. But in the end, like, I'm happy with how it went. I'm, I'm happy that with not peaking for the quarterfinals, I can still place really good in Europe. And to be honest, that was a better sign that I could ask for. Because in my mind, I was like, going into the weekend, my goal was just to qualify. I didn't, um, didn't care much about the heat uh, in which I'm going to start at the semis. I was just like, just focusing on qualifying and making it to semis. And then after I saw, I, I placed top 20 with the situation that I was in. That was for me, it was like, okay, perfect. I'm happy where my fitness is. I was not focusing on the quarterfinals and I was still able to pull out good finishes. So now with two months of training only for semifinals, I'm really excited to see where I'm going to be in Berlin. Because last year when you came sixth at semifinals and didn't and missed a game spot, that must have been a very tough situation to be in, a very disappointing situation for you. Yes. Uh, How did it feel when you didn't make it? Uh, to be honest, it, uh, in the beginning, it felt like surreal. I, in the first few like days, I would say, I, like, I just didn't believe that I didn't make it. Because the year before, I was coaching full-time. I wasn't like full-time athlete. Like Nobody kind of knew me, or not, neither I expected that I would qualify for the Games. So kind of going into that next year, after being at the Games, and after placing third at the semifinals the year before, I maybe took it a little bit like more like for granted that I will make the games and I changed my life. I turned pro if pro, if we can say it, like I was full-time athlete, I got sponsors. I could say that I was a little bit more known in, in Europe and maybe people expected me to make the games or, and I also expected me to make the games, to be honest. And then not making it was like a huge disappointment and kind of wake up call and, a lot of things happen at the same time, and I, at the moment I was not ready to like uh, to realize what 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 happened. And I can, if you turn, if you look back at the announcement of top five in Lowland Soda, you kind of can see my face in disbelief. But yeah, I think it was the the also when I look back at it, I think it was something that I definitely needed coming into this year to change some things and to finally focus on things that needed, needed work and some stuff that I was avoiding for some time. So even though it was like a, at the moment, like I was even questioning, should I continue? I think it's in the end, I'll, I'll try to make it uh, in a next, this coming semifinals, the best thing that happened. I think that's the, I mean, like the, it's the only sensible approach you can have to something like that. They say you either win or learn, don't they? Yes, yes, exactly. So, yeah, even though, as I said, was the, the, the super hard position to be in, it was, uh, I think, something that I needed. What have you been working on since then? Well, uh, like, first of all, I started working on getting my body healthy again because I had the whole last year 
I was struggling with a lower back injury that literally began as the, the 2021 games finished. There was not time where I could take the time off to focus on those things that needed work and to get my body healthy again. And after semifinals, actually, uh, I tried to compete more and I did some other competitions like French Throwdown and Madrid Championship. But all of those competitions just like uh, uh, made that injury even worse and worse until it uh, like, uh, how can I say, it all accumulated and then blew out in September. And I was like, okay, now I need to step back. So I really took a step back and I uh, didn't compete in any of those competitions that I was planned to for two months. So September, October and November, I took almost completely off and focusing just on like rebuilding my body in a way where I can keep it healthy. And actually, beginning of this year and those competitions that I did, I mostly did it so that I can see what my body again is capable of to build on uh, on my confidence that that I I think I lost in process of getting like injured and then not qualifying and stuff. So I think that those competitions that I did just like helped me a lot on uh, in getting back that confidence and that's also for me to see that my body is healthy again and then I am ready to push hard for the sanitary spread. I think anybody who's had an injury at any level, any kind of person, athlete, amateur, hobby, club athlete, whatever, completely will resonate with what you're saying about building back confidence after you've had an injury because it's not just about the pain, it's about the fear of it reoccurring, isn't it, later on. Like you invest all this time to rehab, when can you start to push again? It's such a delicate balance. Exactly. And uh, yeah, it took me a long, long time to get back like confidence into some moments that I wasn't able to do. And not only that I was not able to do, in a long time I was doing them, but I was doing them with pain. So it took me a long time. And then I think the one thing is getting confident in training. It's a completely other game being confident on a competition floor and even though like most of the coaches or athletes in the sport wouldn't suggest like competing that many times in the beginning of the season i just think that there is no better place to replicate that feeling than at the competition floor and i think until you put yourself into that uncomfortable position at the competition floor where you need to deal with all those things in the moment you can't uh, you can't really get back that feeling as an athlete that you are ready to compete the um the movements that you were struggling with were, were what kind of things were you having problems doing well most most of the most of the things that i had problem like i had a, a bulging disc in my Oof. back and then uh, that uh, like with injury like that it's a nag- nagging injury that's pressing sometimes it presses onto nerves mm. and even the simple even sometimes the simplest movement as a Tying your shoes can be painful. And then there was like a different, there was different like uh, positions that were hurting sometimes. Some days it was when the barbell is overhead or some days it was just like uh, literally, I remember there was times in the gym when I was training with Laza that I was doing squat cleans and I couldn't bend if I'm not braced. So Lazar was changing plates for me so that I can be able to lift and do training. So, uh, yeah, it was really, really hard time. For example, in the semifinals, there was no point where I could breathe normally if barbell was over, overhead. But when you are an athlete, and especially when you're a young athlete, 
you always you know you don't want, you you think if you miss one thing that your your career is over, which is not the the truth. The truth is that actually you should be taking that step back to focus on rebuilding your body because I think that I have a long long time ahead of me in the sport. So yeah, definitely had all of that happening last year. I think that I took a good lesson from that that I will be able to use now in this preparation phase. Because the the semi-finals last year, the the event that you had the most trouble with would have been the lift-off. Yes, yes, exactly. I uh, I placed uh, top eight in five out of six events, mm. and in lifting event, I think I was uh, twenty. Was there any point like last year when you were you said that you even thought about stopping? Was there any points where you were where you just didn't train, or did you keep moving regardless, like knowing that it was going to make you feel better, or or how how did you process it all? And and like what was the thing that really made you decide to to keep trying? Uh, you mean training wise before when injury happened? Yeah, I was just I just couldn't imagine me like. Uh, Skipping the season, I think that just thought of me skipping the season or not not competing at the games. In my mind, after I made the games at 21, I just thought that it would be end of the world if I don't make the games. And in my mind, I was like, okay, like I have to do everything that's in my power just to make the games again. It doesn't matter how do I feel or how does my body feel. And then after I didn't play the games, I thought, oh, so the world keeps going, the, the it keeps spinning, and your life still like you. It's pretty much the same. So it's like, then I realized, okay, you need to take a step back in order to be able to do this, because like, I think that those kinds of injuries are the ones that can end your career pretty early. So now we're now we're going towards semi-finals. I'm presumably you've got your ticket to Berlin sorted out. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for the. We still I I got my videos uh, validated and confirmed, but I'm waiting for the official invite. Are you waiting for your email? I booked my uh, stay, but I still didn't book my tickets. Uh, flight tickets. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of sweet, you guys. Like you and your brother, I like to see you. I mean, together because you like there's obviously such a nice relationship, and you guys are so, care about each other a lot. When you're on the competition floor, how does it feel to be competing against him, and how does it feel when he beats you or you beat him? Oh, so we now had uh, multiple competitions that we did uh, against each other. Usually he was beating me now last last competition that we did I beat him. So now we know how, how that's now I know how the the both sides of that uh, Did it feel good? That yeah. <laughs> but still I would all I always say going into the competition the Lazar is the least of all concerns. Not because I don't think of him as a competitor, but for me I always say if my goal my first goal is to win and against anyone in the field, if it's Lazar or, or if it's not anyone that has brother competing in the sport and said, oh, I would like my brother to be first and I would be second. That's not true. Of course, both of us wants to be the first place. But if I'm not the first place, he's my next choice. So it's like, if I'm not in the positions to win, I would give all my energy and all of my, everything that I have for him to win. So I'm always more like, uh, how to say, thinking of other competitors than him because it's like in the end if I'm second and he's first I would be happy I would be over the moon I can't say that I would be 
more happy for him to win than to me than for me and he would tell you the same thing it's like it's just the truth as a competitors but in the end there is like coming into the semifinals 58 other guys that want to grab that spot so our relationship leading up to the competition is i think what we are benefiting the most and that is actually like sharing those thoughts about training and advising each other about some stuff and those kinds of things that only we know about it and but then coming into the competition goal for both of us is just to perform and in the end it's like we it's individual sport but as i said if mother is if i'm not in the position to win he's my next choice have you always had a competitive nature or is it something that you've been uh, developing being the younger brother no we've always always since since i know myself like since I started walking, we were always competing. And like, not only, not, not against each other, but then, like, in, in life, in sports, he was, he, he was athlete since he was a kid. I am athlete since I am, a, I am a kid. And we were competing in our sports. We were not, never competing in the same sport. So I was going to watch his games when he was playing water polo. He was coming to watch my games when I was playing football. So, yes, we were always in, like, competitive sports, I would say, is in our nature since, we, like, since we know each other in our household. It was just sports, sports, sports. So who, who, who in your family encouraged you to, to play sports? Was it your mum and dad? Yes, like in, in our house, like we weren't allowed to not play. Like I remember, like even though, uh, for example, uh, in Serbia, when it was winter and then when it really snow, snowy and uh, like when, when weather was really bad, we didn't have a, a football practice at that time uh, because the practice was always outside. So I was always... I always needed to find some other sport, sport to play during winter. So I would play like table tennis or tennis, like judo, or handball. I changed multiple sports. It was kind of like for us, we, we were just used to play sports. And for our parents, it was like, you need to be good in school and you need to play sports. <laughs> were you good at school? Yes. Really? We had to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because it's like, like so much of your attention was put on to sport. How did you have time to study? Oh, we had time for everything. <laughs> your parents sound like rock stars. Really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that also, like, uh, I would say everything that we kind of grew into and uh, to athletes and everything, we had to thank our parents for it. And I would say, like, I would never choose different uh, childhood. And I think that there was no better uh, way to raise. Uh, child as our parents oh that's pretty good praise um i have to send this episode to your mum. make her cry um, <laughs> the thing that really strikes me luca is how determined you have been to change the change the narrative as it were to like change what what happened last year and make it make it into a good outcome this year you're in you're in the goal the, the uae on your own you traveled there on your own and I guess you're yes. training and living there on your own and is that is that how you like it you like to be a lone wolf uh yeah I think that yeah I think that I was never the, the one that enjoyed training in big groups or training with other people or some people thrive on it there was some people that did much, much bigger uh, things in this sport that I, that I did. Then I did training in groups, doing training camps, stuff like that. I just think that I thrive on and I can focus the most when I'm on my own. And even though like people don't know it, but me and Lazar, we were living together for years. We were never training together. We were in the, we were literally living at the same house, training at the same garage, in the same garage gym. Like we never did 
workouts against each other or together. We were just there to like, we were, we were like making each other company mm. in the gym, but we never trained together. So it's not for me anything new being on my own. I have the one thing that I love is coaching and coaching classes. That's something where I would say like spend time with people and share, share my knowledge and that energy that in the CrossFit boxes that you can't find anywhere else. And I think that I missed that a little bit last year when I wasn't coaching. So uh, I think that's the, the, the working the best for me. So you're tra- are you teaching classes now? You're taking, are you t- doing coaching for classes? Yeah, not, not full time, but just like on the days that I don't train, I coach like two hours, maybe three hours. How and fun. the days that I do train. Yeah, and the, day, the days that I do train, I coach maybe one class. Or if I don't have too much training, I don't coach maybe two classes. But yeah, not too much, but just enough so that I keep myself a little bit busy. Because, uh, yeah, when you are, I think that also the thing is if you have too much time, sometimes you can, can overtrain just because you have nothing else to do. I was going to say, you've got a social life then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, otherwise I'm a bit worried about your mental health. You're just going to go to like... <laughs> <laughs> I find it perfect now, like the, the, this kind of, uh, of time management that I had since I came. So apart from um, coaching the occasional class and training, what is there to do in, in um, the UAE? What are you doing at the moment? Have you got any um, like tips for people that want to visit there? Or I mean, what, what, what's, what's it been like for you? If you want to visit as the tourist, it's amazing. It's unreal. Like, uh, I really like it. I have traveled all around Middle East. And luckily for me, through CrossFit, I travel around this whole world, and I really, really love it here. Like it's one of the the best country that I was in in terms of like being how it's organized and how everything is. I would say clean and how people are friendly. And there was some amazing like uh, th- like beaches and stuff. So yeah, like for me, when when I'm training, I don't have too much time to spend on them, but. If you are if you are there there to visit, there is multiple things to do. So, can you see yourself living there after Berlin? Or is that the plan to come to return? Uh, yeah, to be honest, like uh, it's for for me now. I I settled here and I have direct flight home from Abu Dhabi anytime. And my parents can come visit. Last I can come visit. I can go back home. It's a, like five hours flight. But that's the plan. I pl- I'm planning on going directly from here to Berlin compete in Berlin and then come back. And then if everything goes well, train here for CrossFit Games and then after CrossFit Games, head back here again. I just like the way uh, how it's UAE treating me at the moment. And I, I see myself here for the maybe this next year and then we'll see. How old are you, Luca? Uh, 24. That's a, cool, that's a cool age to be. No ties. You can do what you want. It's, uh, great. it's great to have the freedom to choose where you're living. Yes, exactly. I, I think that uh, maybe if I was a few years older, I wouldn't think the same as I think at the moment. Like maybe I would be like uh, maybe wanting to live in Serbia a little bit more. But at the moment, I just feel, you know, I just feel free. And I just think like it would be, it, I, I thought it's a good idea. I went here and since I came here, 
there was not a single day where I regret the decision. I mean, you haven't wiped, you haven't been able to wipe the smile off your face, so it's obviously, you're <laughs> yeah, obviously like, happy, which is great. All right. Well, thank you yeah, so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for redoing this interview with me. I think we actually did some no more problem. deep stuff this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that with the quarter quarterfinals being done, done, I think I'm a little bit more relaxed because first time, first time when we we were talking, like I think we were like day out of the quarterfinals, and I realized how sore I am for the competition. <laughs> so I was I was so stressed going into the quarterfinals. I'm really impressed because I hadn't you you didn't tell me you were sore. You were like you'd <laughs> well, be Mr. Cool. <laughs> well, of course, I didn't even tell my coach I score. He was like, "How do?" He was like, "How do you feel?" And I was like, "I feel perfect." <laughs> oh, well, your coach knows now not to trust you. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, like going into the competition, the last thing that you want to say to yourself is like, "Oh my God, I feel sore." But there's a difference between sore. There's a difference between sore and being in pain, isn't there? So, and you know that now. Yeah. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to see you in Berlin, I'm sure. Yes. And um, thank you so much for this. Really happy to see you being so happy. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> and enjoy your training and see you in June. I will. Yeah, see you soon. Thank you very much for the call. It was my pleasure to do this podcast. Thank you. And say hello to your lovely brother. I will. Thank you. Thank you, Luca. See you in Berlin. This episode was presented by me, Vicky McLeod and edited by Marta Vidal-Candel. If you are enjoying Europe is Coming, then please share it on your socials. Like, subscribe. It all helps the show to grow. Until next time, thanks for listening, and bye-bye. Don't miss the next episode. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Europe is Coming is a programme production and hosted by Vicky McLeod.